0: Somebody said, Is the golf outing still on? Jesus hasn't returned yet. Well, of course. <laughs> at 3 o'clock at Shelby Oaks, go there, ask them for directions, and they'll get you. You can go early. There'll be uh, some uh, uh, pros down there giving you some instruction down on the driving range so you don't kill yourself or others while on the uh, course. And uh, there'll be people out there guiding you and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so we do encourage you to come, invite somebody. uh, Just a good time of fellowship and a witness and testifying of the goodness of God. And uh, I believe they'll be touched. I believe you'll be touched. Great time in the Lord. So join us there at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Say, what if I haven't signed up? Shine, Show up. Hallelujah. Show up. Then we'll sign you up. All right, let's turn our Bibles to Acts, the second chapter, verse 1 through 4. you do not know, this is the day of Pentecost, 50 days after the crucifixion. It is a time that we celebrate the birth of the church. Pentecost is the birth of the church as well as the outpouring of God's Spirit. Fulfilling Joel, the second chapter. So we're going to teach along the lines about the power of the Holy Ghost. And it says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were with all, with one accord, in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Pentecost, we are celebrating. We celebrate lots of traditions in the body of Christ and Pentecost should be a day of excitement, a day of birthing, of recognition of what God has done. The church has been born. This has been God's purpose from day one. This has been God's purpose to walk with man and to walk in man and that simply is the basis of all creation is that God created something that he could fellowship with. You and I are important to God. Amen? Amen? He bought us with himself. So we are important to God. And this is a time when the unjust man becomes justified. This is where man now has been presented with an opportunity to be born again. Just as we were born from the natural, we've been granted the opportunity to be seated by the word of God, so that which is born in us is born of God Himself. Mary being the very example of that with Jesus Christ. So this is when the justified become acquitted of all of their sins. Of all of their sins. Could again, amen. Listen, this is the day that God decrees that the work of one Jesus Christ has been accepted, verified, and is now offered to man by faith. This is the day that you and I literally can walk away from our past and embrace a God-given future. Sometimes we forget how acquitted we are. Because in the natural, we're always called to remember stuff. Everybody's failure, we remember. Everybody's mistakes, we remember. Everybody's mishaps, we remember. We call people ex-cons. No, they aren't ex-cons. They're really, if they have paid their debt, they are an ex-criminal. That means an ex. That means that they are no longer that. Could again, amen. But on all of our employment records, upon everything we do, everybody wants to remember your past. But not so with the blood of Jesus Christ applied to us. Amen. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are what? New. Hallelujah. Our sins are cast according to Micah, into the sea of forgetfulness. And they are cast as far as the east is to the west. God has no record of your sin, neither will he keep account of it. Realize that the devil will remember your sin, unbelieving believers will remember your sin, and unbelieving men will remember your sins. But you, your brothers and sisters, and God should never and does not ever remember your transgressions. Amen. amen. We remember the shortcomings of their right Well, you know, you did this before. Why do you keep pushing them back to the back? Invite them into the future where their wrong is not held to their account. Isn't that what you want? Then that's what we should do. Could I get an amen? All right, this is where the enemies of God become reconciled to God. Reconciled to God. Joined with him in God's mind in an inseparable way. You've been brought back to God. Now somebody would say, well, you know, you've been reconciled back to the garden. No, 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 no. You're far beyond the garden. Why? The garden, Adam and Eve, were born of God's Spirit, or they received the Spirit, and they become living souls. But they were never the sons and daughters of God. You are a son and daughter of God. You are of a much higher standard than being created. You are born. One God gave the Spirit to make a living soul, but to you and I, God gave us a spirit to make us a living spirit. Entirely different, far different dimension. And we have access to God in a way that they never have. You know, God came and visited Adam and Eve, but we can visit God anytime we want. Could again, amen. God came down to talk to Adam and Eve, and they told him what had been going on and all that kind of stuff, but we get to. Invite God into our problem anytime we want we can approach the throne of grace Well, Adam and Eve never had that option So you and I have a far more higher standard Than they had hallelujah. We aren't just reconciled back to the Garden of Eden. Ah, no, no We have ascended up and we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. This is where common men become uncommon, uncommon, where common men dominated by common like lust, common like desires, common like focuses are transformed by the new birth into an uncommon people. We are a peculiar people. This takes place on the day of Pentecost. Look, people want to turn over a new leaf. I don't want to turn over a new leaf. Tried that, done that, never worked. But Jesus offers me not a new leaf turnover, but a new life. And Pentecost is when it takes place. We must never diminish nor belittle The traditional celebration of Pentecost. Now, people might say, well, you know, well, we do this every year. Well, we celebrate your birthday every year. Ain't nobody complaining about buying you stuff. You know they all want, they all know you want money. You don't want stuff. They want, you want money. Quentin had a birthday last week. I said, what do you want? He said, money. I said, you're acting like your mother. Money. He wants money. Why? He wants to buy something. He's got it all planned out. Papa, you're going to give me this much. You're going to give me that much. he he got it planned out, man. And so he's going to get what he wants, but he wants money. Now, we celebrate that every year, and nobody complains. But then when it comes to the traditional, basic, celebrative traditions of the church, we think it's boring. It's not boring. Becoming uncommon is a journey with God as the center of your life and you being transformed as you walk through it. Enoch knew God, and he was not. Well, let me say this to you. Enoch disappeared long before he was not seen visibly. That old man died every day and his new man was rising up every day. The Enoch that was born of his parents was not the Enoch that was ready to leave planet Earth. And as we walk with God, we understand that not only are we not common anymore, but the work that is being done on the inside of us by the sanctifying process of the Holy Ghost is causing us to transform day by day and becoming an expression of Christ in us day by day. Could I get an amen? We are not the same people that we were two weeks ago. We're not the same people. And you might say, oh, but I haven't changed drastically. Well, you know what? Sometimes when you're making a garden, you take out the little stones, don't you? Well, that's what God's doing. Every day, He's taking out little stones. He's purifying you. He's sanctifying you. He's making you. He's transitioning you. He's making you a vessel of honor instead of a vessel of dishonor. Things are being changed and things are being moved out of your life and things are being stationed in your life. But that's the work of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So men become uncommon. We are seated in heavenly places. See yourself favored of God. I mean, God likes you. Why would he invite you to come if he didn't like you? Do your grandkids have people that they invite to their birthday parties? And people that they don't? They don't invite the people they don't like. No. They invite the people they do like. True. Now, we would say, oh, invite them anyway. It'll make them feel good. They say, right. it won't make me feel good. I don't like them. <laughs> if you are seated in heavenly places, know this. God likes you. We are accepted in Christ Jesus. We are not like men that don't know God, but we are people that do know God. And we have embraced our position with him. Where men and women have been transformed and empowered by God. Empowered by God. That's who you are. You are empowered by God. Come on. You are empowered. Somebody say, the Holy Ghost Ghost. lives in me, therefore... I am empowered. You are empowered by God. Thank God that greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Now that should cause every man and every woman to always be joyful if you believe that. People murmur and complain because they have forgotten the basic truths of God coming into a human being's life. When God comes into a human being's life, he transforms you from being an enemy to being a temple for the sole purpose that he can move in, that he can live in, and that he can empower. And so, as Christians, we should be celebrative and thankful. And if God said something, and if he ever meant what he said, then he means... What he says when he says it. Yes, he and if he said, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, there should never be a murmur come up out of those that are empowered by God. Amen. But but you don't know. Nope, I don't. Don't have to. But I do know him Amen. that said he does the impossible, and I do know him that said, if you believe, you can do the impossible. Amen. We do not have generic outcomes when we use the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. Come on. We are empowered of the Holy Ghost to declare fully that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection was successful and that he has completed the task and we are one with God. Hallelujah. We are witnesses of that. Praise the Lord. It is where they may become the receivers of empowerment. Somebody say, I have been empowered. I have been empowered. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost. Lives, in me. lives in me. Now remember, now it's not by might, now it's not by power, but now it's by the Spirit of God. Now we have a choice. Come on, we have a choice. We don't have to fight with natural weapons. We can fight with spiritual ones. And let me tell you, just by examination of the battles that I have been through in life and your examination of your battles that you have been through in life, for you to be here, is a demonstration that something greater than you have brought you here. Come on, we are all a byproduct of the work of God behind the scenes. When people see us, we're not marked. We are not tattooed in some special way. But when they look at our life, our life has an entirely different outcome than those that do not know God. Amen. Amen. And so our lives are different. I don't know what pressure you've been through, but when I listen to people's stories in my office, I go home and I tell Phyllis, I said, I'm telling you, I just heard the most amazing story that I've ever heard in my life. You did? Well, who was it? I can't tell you but I can tell you the story and I won't tell you the name. And folks, listen. There was a woman in our office a while back and she says, Pastor Dosak, I just need for you and Pastor Phyllis to lift me up. She said, I love the church. I said, well, great, great. She said, "Uh, years ago, I was raped on a date. The man beat me. And he left me for dead it was in the winter and when he threw me out she said I fell in a bed of snow she said I was I was cut I was beat up she said I was unrecognizable and I'd been raped so the next day or so I don't even remember time she said the next day or so uh A man picked me up I thought he was he was going to help me he was a nice man but he ended up keeping me in his car and raping me over and over and over and he beat me and beat me and beat me and he threw me out along the side of a railroad track She said, the only thing that kept me alive in the natural, besides God, was it was cold. And it caused my blood to stop flowing and running out of me or I would have just bled to death. She said, I was stabbed in the stomach, in the back. She said, I, I don't know how I lived except God. She said, then a hunter found me. And he picked me up, put me in his truck, and he drove me to the hospital where I received the help that I needed. She said, and now I'm here today. I'm scarred. I, I have memories. I, I'm haunted. She said, I, I don't know what God is going to do with my future. Who would have me? who will accept me, who will take my scars as a testimony of God's work. I don't know. But I'm sure there are people worse off than me. I'm looking at the table, I said, you, you are kidding me. You, you cannot even think people live through what you've just been through. She said, I, I just want you to continue to pray for me, Pastor. And we have, and, you know, she's coming out. She's blossoming. And you wouldn't know her from Trish. You wouldn't know her from Lois. And it's not neither one of them, but you wouldn't know her. Because we're looking for scars. But what she is is a byproduct of the Holy Ghost that has been at work behind the scenes. You say, how do people do it? We do it because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And there are hundreds of people here that have a Joseph story. And we don't even know it. Because of the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives, we have become something that common man could not produce, but only the work of the Holy Ghost. For it's God that worketh on the inside of us, doing and performing and bringing his will to pass. And he that is faithful that started a thing will finish it until the day of the coming of the Lord. That is the power of Pentecost the power of heaven on earth hallelujah now I just I just can't even if I told you the stories you just you think you're making them up I'm not making them up I wonder how people even are mentally sane with what sin is in an individual has done to them but I do know that greater is he that is in me Because there need not be an excuse that you are where you were before you met Christ. There's not an excuse why we choose to stay in dungeons that we were unjustly put in. There is no excuse why we've been dumped someplace that accumulated snow to bring you through. There's no reason that we can make an excuse that once we've been abused and hurt and then picked up by someone that would help and abused and hurt again, that we still stay in those memories and that brokenness. Because there is always somebody that's going to come into your life that is filled with the Holy Ghost, led by the Holy Ghost, and empowered by the Holy Ghost that is going to help lift you up and take you to your Jericho Hotel. People tell me, well, you know, Pastor, I've got problems. I got well, What you got a problem? Well, so-and-so didn't smile at me. I said, what is wrong with you? You don't have a problem. Go out there and talk to the mother that's got a baby eat up with cancer. They got a problem. What you got is self-involvement stop it get up move on leave that old man back there people have real problems and whining about things that do not what a human being could do holds no merit to what people are really going through hallelujah I feel bad about myself look in the mirror See what the Word says about you. Let it reflect who you are. Let the Holy Ghost unveil to you the truth that lies within the Scriptures. Hallelujah. Praise God. They have become, Pentecost-equipped people with supernatural weapons that are not earthly born. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have been anointed by God. Could I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. We are bold people. The Holy Ghost, when you believe in Him, He'll make you bold. The Bible said God not, did not give us a spirit of fear, but no fear. No fear. Any type of fear is an invasion or a challenge against the one that gave you power, love, and a sound mind now that's what the Holy Ghost gave you but you don't ever have to be afraid oh Patrick but you know no you don't ever have to be afraid you don't have to be afraid of the outcome you don't have to be afraid of finding the right path you don't have to be afraid of making right decision you don't have to fear that Your husband's not going to love you. Your wife's not going to love you. You don't have to fear about what's going to be the end of my children. Now, you can contemplate those, but really until you put it over into God's hands, fear is always going to attack you. But when you put it over into the greater one's hand that is in this world, that's doing what he's doing to your family, your marriage, or anything else, until you put it into his hands, you are on your own. Now, who wouldn't put it into the hands of another? Any of you ever been bullied? Where did you go to get help? Friends your own size or to your brother that was three grades ahead of you? Oh, yeah. Your brother didn't come to make a deal. Your brother came... To end the issue. He didn't come to put a band-aid on it. He didn't come to get the guy to lower the price. He came to bring the issue to an end. And you can wrestle with things in your life or you can turn it over to big brother. And let his greatness deal with your problem. Amen. I've seen a movie one time, and it was called The Bear. What was it about? Bears. <laughs> anyway, this mountain lion came down out of the mountain. There was this little baby cub there, and this mountain lion was coming up on the cub. All of a sudden, the mountain lion's head went up, ears went back. He started doing one of these things, moonwalking. And then the camera goes over to the little cub, but then it broadens the picture. Behind that little cub is a mama. The little cub's making all the noise. The lion's not afraid about the screeching, little whining that the cub's doing. He's afraid of that big mama bear behind him. See, without the Holy Ghost, you're always going to be lunch. But with the Holy Ghost, you're always going to be the winner. Could I get an amen? And so, let's just use the Holy Ghost. Being empowered to do something and not doing it is just crazy. Right? It's crazy. Now, let's go to 1 Samuel, the 10th chapter, verse 6 through 10. When the Holy Ghost comes into a man, comes up on a man, that man is no longer viewed as common by others or by God. And it says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and and you shall be turned into another man. Another man. Next verse. And let it be that when these signs shall come upon thee that thou do not do as an occasion serve thee for God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal. And behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offerings and to sacrifices, sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. And then he says, and it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another spirit. This is symbolic of the new birth. We receive a new spirit whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Go again, get amen. And because you have that spirit of Abba, Father, you haven't received the spirit of fear. Amen. amen. There's no reason for Christians to be afraid. No reason. Somebody say no reason. No reason. reason. And it says this and God gave him another heart, and all those signs, all these signs shall come to pass that day. And when they came hither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him, and the Spirit of God came upon him, and he prophesied among them. When the Spirit of God came upon Saul, He became a new man, a new man. That's what happens when the Holy Ghost comes into our life. We become new men. We become men of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You know that it's a Christian loses their mind when they start thinking of failure. You've lost your mind. When you get afraid of something, you've lost your mind. When you worry about needs being met, you've lost your mind. Now people saying, oh my God, I'm crazy. No, I'm not. You can't. You can find it again. It's just we lose it too often. When we lay awake at night and worry, you've lost your mind. Amen? You've just lost it. When you think that you're not going to get to the other side, you've lost your mind. Paul said, if I be beside myself, in other words, if I get crazy, the only reason I want to be crazy is for Jesus. People lose their mind. The second thing people do is they stop loving people. Stop loving people. Love your enemies. But, But they'll do me harm. No, 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 no. No, remember, think right. No matter what they do to you, God will trump what they're doing. Come on, amen. That's the way to think. Stop negative, Adamic, condemnative thoughts. You know, the Bible says that God delights in repentance. He doesn't condemn in repentance. He delights in it. Well, I just keep making the same mistake. Keep repenting. Because on the other side of it, the Holy Ghost is going to sanctify. You and you are going to have the victory. God is happy when people bow in me and say, God, I messed up, but you love me enough to bring me through. Amen. Have confidence in the love of God for you and the love of God that is shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. You can love the unlovable. Amen? Amen? You can. Husbands and wives, you can love your spouse. First thing to do is stop thinking Wrong. Nobody is making your life miserable on purpose. Absolutely. Nobody. She's not trying to vex you by nagging. It's just her nature. (laughs) He's not trying to vex you by procrastinating. It's in his genes. And then God gives us a spirit of power. Folks, we are able to conquer anything that is on this world. And we are able to keep ourselves from the evil one, and we are able to prove ourselves faithful to God. Amen. Could again amen. Absolutely. Now, when the recreated human spirit is transformed into a child of God, it loses all fear. Somebody say it loses all fear. Don't be afraid of anything. Hallelujah. Do honest, do good, love justice and righteousness, and you'll be fine. Now, think, then when the Holy Ghost comes into you, he then began to speak something through Saul. You know, the Holy Ghost shows you things to come. How could you prophesy without seeing an end or telling of an end different than where you were? That's what prophecy is. Isn't it a foretelling? And I'm talking about the office of the prophet because he was in a company of prophets. So one thing we have to do is we have to allow the Holy Ghost to show us stuff. Could it get an amen? Show us stuff. Jesus said this about the Holy Ghost. Now, when the Holy Ghost comes, he's a spirit of truth. He's going to teach you and lead you into all truth. He's not going to speak of himself, but when he speaks, he's going to speak that which he has received from me, which, of course, is in heaven. And when he receives it, he's going to come down and he's going to show it to you. Show it to you. You know the Holy Ghost shows us things to come. Things to come. Isn't God's nature that He knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end? Why would He withhold that from you when He said, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord? Ordered of the Lord. God wants to reveal things to us. That's the purpose of the Holy Ghost, to teach us things. The day of Pentecost. Is something given to us that you and I, as sons and daughters of God, may see the unseen. See the unseen, declare the unseen, and see the impossible made possible. Notice what I said the Holy Ghost, when you receive Him, it enables you to see the unseen, to declare the unseen and to see the impossible become possible. Now, how does the Holy Ghost do that? Well, we've seen in the life of Saul, but we also hear it from the life of Jesus. He will show you things to come. Not things that are reality, things to come. So what does that mean? He's got to show you something that is going to happen. Not might happen, Because remember, he's a spirit of truth. He can't lie. So if he shows you something, it can be no other way if you will simply follow his instruction. Could have given an amen. Absolutely. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter through verse 14. I know that many of us know this, but it will help us. Remember that the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. That means he has committed himself to bringing something to pass if you will simply obey him. Amen? Amen? If he shows you something that's going to happen, if you obey him, he will bring it to pass. Remember, he's the creator, and he can create victory out of defeat. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 All right, but it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man those things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath what? Hath what? Hath what? Revealed. Revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now notice, it didn't say that God hadn't declared them. It says it hasn't entered into the heart, the mind, or the ear, nor the eyes of those people that God loves. So all of these scriptures and all these promises are given to you because God loves you. But, In them, the Holy Ghost is commissioned and protects truth so that he can reveal to you truth. Somebody say truth. Truth. Now, he reveals them to you. They're hidden right here. But the Holy Ghost will unveil them to you and show you the outcome from your problem to your victory. He'll show you the outcome. Could Thank you. Praise God. I told you, we need to pipe in the Methodist church down there so we could get their praise and thanksgiving. No. 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 Now listen. They are in the Scriptures, but you cannot discover the Scriptures without the accompaniment of the keeper of truth. And when he reveals something to you, He is showing you from where you are to where you will end up if you'll simply obey him. Obey him, okay? Next verse. For what knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know, that we might know, that we might know. In other words, that we can see the end of God's desire for us, that we might know all the things that are freely given unto us of God. Next verse. Which things we also speak. Remember when the Spirit of the Lord came up on Saul? He prophesied. Not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now they are foolishness to him, neither can we know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things yet himself, uh, is judged of no man. Now what did it tell us? This right here is what God has spoken to us. But we cannot hear it, nor can we see it, until the Holy Ghost unveils it. Amen. Amen? So the Holy Ghost has been given to us that we might freely see everything that God has done for us. Amen? All right, having said that, let's go to First Kings 17. Remember that the Holy Ghost reveals things to us that are unseen, that we can declare the unseen, that we then can see the impossible become possible. Alrighty, First Kings 17, and you know what? I don't know what verse I want. First Kings, uh, mm, Gen- uh, yeah, uh, Elijah. First Kings 17. Sorry, let me get there, guys. First Kings, the seventeenth chapter, and let's go down to verse eight. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow, woman there, to sustain thee. Now, does Elijah know the end of his predicament? He has no bread, he has no meat, and the creek has just dried up. What does God tell Elisha? Go to Zarephath, I have commanded a woman to sustain thee. Now, is his end in question? Hmm, wow, that's amazing. And then it says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called unto her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. She said, As the Lord thy God liveth I have not a cake, but a handful of, handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I, ga- I am gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son that we may eat and die. Now, remember, Elijah has just seen the unseen. He has seen God's plan and guarantee for provision. You go, I've commanded her. Well, what if she don't want to? I've commanded her. Yeah, but what if she isn't willing? I've commanded her. Well, what if I've commanded her? What if? Shut up. <laughs> if God said it, he'll make it good. Well, how's he going? I don't know. Do you know how a baby is formed in a womb? No. no you, most of us don't even know how to diaper a baby. Come on. God knows these things. Stop trying to be God. You do well just to keep your wife happy, your husband happy. Your kid's in line, let alone run the world. All right. And it says, now, what does Elijah do? By the Holy Ghost, he sees. How does he see it? He hears it. But by hearing it, he sees. Words are pictures. Pictures are words. Thoughts are pictures. Thoughts become words. So we know that when we see something, David, when you go to my house Tuesday morning, which I never told you you're going, but you're going Tuesday morning. You already heard from Mary. You got it. You got a picture. When you get there, we got a new dog. Listen, we got a dog. It is a black dog. It's got teeth. I'm telling you, it barks and growls, but be encouraged. It's a chihuahua. (laughs) Now, You caught the picture. Yeah. Black, crazy, lost his mind, chihuahua. Right. I didn't see that. If you don't see if you see anything else out there, kill it. It doesn't belong to me. All right. Now, I could paint pictures all day long. But here Elijah sees in what God says. And then here's what Elijah does. Remember that by the help of the Holy Ghost, we see and we proclaim or declare the unseen. Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. What does he do? He declares what he has seen. Right, He declares what he has seen. Why? So he can see it. If he had never declared it to her, she would have ate that cake and died. Now, and it says in verse 14, For thus saith the Lord God, thus saith the Lord God, this is what God has shown me of Israel, that the barrel of meal shall not waste neither shall the cruise of oil until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days, and the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake to Elijah. Now, after... We see the unseen. We are to declare what we've seen. Too many people right there become fearful. But Elijah said, now look, I'm not afraid of what's going to happen to you, your son, nor me, because I've seen the end. But you don't be afraid. You go and do just what I told you to do. And when you do it, God will make sure that that barrel never runs dry. And that oil will always be there. Now, so the Holy Ghost comes and shows Elijah the unseen. Elijah declares the unseen. And then Elijah puts faith into action. Now, when I think about that, That woman probably went back and looked at that barrel and said, maybe I'll just give him half of it. I don't think she did that. Remember, they're going to eat a little cake and then they're going to die. But she goes back and she looks and in her eye, after the prophet of God has said this, she says, it is enough. It's enough to feed the prophet, and it's enough for God to do a miracle. And we as Christians sometimes never are convinced until we see the unseen. But you need to see it by the help of the Holy Ghost, to declare it by the word he puts in your mouth, and then to follow it through by acts of obedience. Amen? Amen? Mark eleven twenty three. 23. The Bible said, if you speak unto this mountain, be thou cast into the sea. Now, I know people say, oh, it's a literal mountain. Let's not go there. Look, you're, you're not that fruity. You understand that these are spiritual things. You understand that there are problems in life. You understand that these are places that you can't get over on your own and that you need God to cause the mountain to become low and the valleys to become high so that there's a place that you can walk in victory. Amen. And so if you speak to problems and you believe that when you said it, it came to pass, it will happen. Now the problem is we are always trying to observe the stage of the moving of the mountain. No, no, no. Speak to the mountain. It is enough. Speak to the problem. It is enough. Yes, but what about? No, no, it's enough. And then start declaring what you believe you saw. And then just follow in faith. Every time you think about it, say, God, I thank you. that God, you told me when I spoke to problems, God, they would be removed. Oh, God, I'll tell you, don't, don't try to follow me anywhere because many times on any given day, I'll stop the car, get out of the car, and dance in front of the car, beside the car, run around the car. I bet farmers think, what is that Fruit Loop doing? It doesn't matter. I'm not interested in farmers. I'm just declaring that I believe God over every thought that's trying to attack my mind. Amen. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. And what does he do with the seed? Sometimes he multiplies it and other times it just dies. What's he say? Thank you for 10 people. What does God say when you sow a seed? He multiplies the seed that is sown and he meets your daily bread. And he transforms you By adding to the fruits of righteousness now I'm just saying if God shows you that if you sow a seed he will multiply a seed he has shown you the end of something so what you ought to do is do it I mean if you need more than you have you ought to do it now if you got more than you need Give it to you, God, to need, so you can sow a seed. But know that God said, look, if you sow a seed, I'll multiply I will. I'm not your banker. I'm not your workplace. I ain't your wife. I will multiply it. Shouldn't that be enough? Should it be enough? Shouldn't it be enough for you to say what you know is going to happen? What would keep you from saying it? Fear. But we should fear not as Elijah did and just say what God has said. I've sown a seed, it's been multiplied. I've sown a seed, it's been multiplied. When Phyllis and I was uh, going in the ministry, you know, God told me to quit my job. I would not encourage you to do so because you can get very hungry and very cold and I got a call from the electric company. Mr. We're gonna have to come out and shut your electric. Did you get the red tag? I said, yeah. Did you get the notice? Yeah. Well, you know that we do that, too, and the third evidence is that we shut it off. I said, wait, wait, lady. Look, please, please. Look, I talked to my father. I said, and I'm going to tell you something. He told me he was sending it. And she said, well, how long do you... think that'll take I said well I don't know but I do know he's never lied to me and he has never never followed through on anything that he said so as soon as he gets the money to me I'll bring it right down to you she said okay Mr. Dosink now I'm going to trust in your father (laughs) and my dad's been dead since I've been 17 and uh, my mother had 14 kids and she was pregnant with my last sister when he died I just figured he thought, man, I can't handle any more of this. I'm out of here. And uh, no. And uh, so a couple days later, she said, called me back, said, Mr. Dosak, have you heard from your father yet? I said, no, but lady, look, it takes like four or five days for mail to get here. She said, okay, all right. Well, I'm just checking, making sure because, you know, these guys have you on the list. I said, well, don't put me on the list. Take me off the list. I'm telling you, my father told me I got the money. Now, you guys are all thinking, oh, he's li- you're lying to him. I'm not lying to him. I absolutely not. I spoke to my father. That's right. And I, I I believe that God was more faithful than my earthly father. Right. And I believe that he would not lie to me. I didn't believe he'd ever fail me, and he had never failed me. Yeah. So I just chose to tell her the story. And if she'd asked me more in depth, I'd say, well, he does live on another planet. <laughs> She probably would have said, we'll be out to turn out tomorrow. (laughs) Anyway, well, I got the money, and I paid my light bill. And my lights were never shut off, even though I had no other source than God. Never. Never, never, never. And I believed God because I was raised under a great pastor. His name was Samuel Thomas. Samuel Thomas, in my days that I knew him, and all the days till he died when I did his funeral, I would hear him tell the faith stories. I'm going to tell you a couple of them because God doesn't lie. One time they shut off Brother Thomas's lights. He had nine kids, and and, uh, they shut his electric off. So what did he do? He said, you know, Pete, I just went through the house and started turning the lights on. I said, well, how'd that work for you? He said, it worked just like it is supposed to work. Lights come on. I said, I thought you told me to turn electric off. He said, I told you they turn electric off. I never told you God disconnected me. Right. Now you think, oh, that's weird. <laughs> Why? Why? Why is that weird? It's not weird at all. God's his source. He's his provider. The last thing I went, I remember the last miracle that shook my mind in Brother Thomas' life was that they came down and shut his water bill off. He, they just shut his water off. You know, they got them main things and they shut it off the house and then they pull the handle off so you can't ever turn it back on. Well, he called them about two days later and said, didn't you tell me you shut my water off? They said, yes, sir, we did. He said, well, I still got water in my house. Impossible. He said, no, no, I got it. So they come out and check, and the guy said, well, that's unusual. So they dig up in the front yard by the sidewalk. They turn off another one. They said, well, that ought to do it. Well, Brother Tom was calling about two days later and said, "Uh, hey, I told you to come turn the water off. I don't have money to pay your bill. They said, we did. He said, well, I still got water. They sent another guy out. And so about a week later, here comes his backhoe, and I'm coming to his house about that time, and they dig up the whole main road. They shut it off. Guess what? Two days later, Brother Thomas called and said, hey, better come turn this water off. He said, you ain't got water. He said, well, I don't know. You got water. I got water. And to this day, the city of Lima have not been paid, nor had he been without water until he died. Now, you can bellyache. You can say, oh, I don't believe it. You can do whatever you want to do because it's never going to work for you anyway. But it worked for him. And I'd seen it time after time after time how Brother Thomas, the the laws of the earth. Hallelujah. And faith brought him through because the Holy Ghost would show him what to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark the fifth chapter, there was a man that was carried in that had to palsy. Jesus said to him, take up thy bed and walk. He didn't say, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Like you got an injection or something, Uh, you know. I haven't walked since I've been born, man. I don't. I don't even know how to move my feet. Jesus never explains that. Take up thy bed and walk. Was it enough? Yep. Jesus saw the beginning. He saw the man's end. He decreed it. He said it, and he walked away as if God had done it. What are you facing? Is the scripture enough? Is the scripture enough? If God showed you what would happen if you responded, is it enough? It was enough for the widow, and it's enough for you. Because the Holy Ghost shows you something, he's committed to bringing it to pass. And you show that you accept it by declaring it. Well, what if it doesn't come to pass? Uh, the Holy Ghost gave it to the wrong person. It's true. How would you ever doubt an unlying spirit? Amen. That's a good word, Pastor. Huh? No. Now, I tremble when Phyllis tells me, you better get that trash out or it ain't going to be good for you. Now, I tremble, and I go do it. Because I'm just afraid of two things, God and Phyllis. But... I fear God more than I fear Phyllis. And God is more faithful than Phyllis. David, 1 Peter 2, 24, you've been freed of all your sins. God wants you to live in righteousness, son. Yes. By his stripes, you've been healed. Yes. Is that enough? Yes. It's enough. It's enough. God said... That you would be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. Is it enough? Yes. No matter where you're at, see what God unveils to you. Then you say what God said for you to do. And then you begin to do it. Amen. Begin to do it. Begin to do it. Could have get an amen. amen? Come on. God is faithful. Amen. You receive the Holy Ghost to see the unseeable to declare the unseeable, and to see the impossible become possible. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's stand our feet today. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. Now, I know it's very simple. I wasn't trying to do anything except encourage and stir you to get reacquainted, to deepen your dependency on, to believe God And let the Holy Ghost do what you can't do. Let the Holy Ghost do what you can't do. Let the Holy Ghost do what you can't do. The Scripture is showing you the end. The Scripture is filling your mouth with the declaration of the unseen. You are enabled by the Holy Ghost to see the impossible become possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's lift our hands up and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost for about 30 seconds. Dadiala. Boden mandete nuna, di balande de bushe, shidi da batan and danda da dob, he mahaleroba, waleba kite, nonde kudede, da bara. Bara de bondele ni da da Pori da banke, sholoba, shere boat danananda. bandele de basso, keper, toneda bata, dandole de boke de beteto, Mbatata. waleba kendole mina, Nendo le de boke te nona, nande bo beti ni na mande de boot, bere bata, donde kototo tenini debata, bade de vando, woode bacete te, non da, noleba, shalabaca God pour out your spirit afresh today. Holy Ghost, stir us. Holy Ghost, draw us to yourself. Holy Ghost, open that which Jesus has spoke to us as his brethren. As a father has decreed about our lives, let us begin to see that we may decree that we may see the impossible become possible. Father, I thank you. Every head bowed just for a moment. If you're here today and you're not a Christian, Jesus said these words, that no man can come unto me except that the Spirit draws him. You're here today and your heart is pricked. You're here today and you have all of a sudden seen your need for Jesus Christ, his atoning blood, his justifying sanctification. If you are here today and You say, I've never known Jesus as my personal Savior. Maybe you're a backslider. It's time to stop being there. God is beckoning you home. Like the prodigal son, God is calling you home. If you are here today and you are not a Christian, the Holy Ghost is drawing you right now. If you're here today and you're a backslider, Prodigal son, God is standing at the door. It's time for you to come home. Now, if you're here today and you're not a Christian or you're a backslider, I'm going to ask you to step out in the aisle and come down here, and I'm going to pray a prayer with you that will allow the Holy Ghost to transform your life, to wash you in the blood of Jesus Christ for you to be born again. So if you brought somebody or you're here by yourself, please step out in the aisle. Can we sing a song? Go ahead and sing one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, please, if you're here, you're not born again, you're here and you're a backslider, this moment right here is for you. This moment right here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Only believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Only believe in the name of Jesus. Faith that faith is the faith that heals uses only. Hallelujah. All righty. Praise God. Raise your hands up with me one more time. Uh, There is a growth. It's not quite behind your ear, but there is about the size of a pea. You just put your little finger on or put a finger on there and go ahead and curse that. In the name of Jesus, you'll find that thing will disappear and be totally gone in the name of Jesus Christ. And there is a high enzyme. A high enzyme reading uh, from your, somebody's uh, kidney area, that is going to be healed. Don't worry about it. Just let it run its course. It'll wash itself out, and it, it, all it is is just a little infection. It's going to be gone. Don't be concerned about it. And if you have back problems right now, just put your hand on your back. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I curse every slipped disc, I curse God every damaged vertebra, God I curse sciatic nerve problems, and in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of them in the name of Jesus, and God I loose right now the working of miracles to restore them and to make them free in Jesus' mighty name.